Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I'm a sexy sounding Bradley because I've got new equipment. And joining me this week is someone who made the mistake of singing Manic Monday by the Bangles on a Wednesday afternoon. And I think he's cursed now. Stu, how are you doing? No, I'm completely completely cursed. That's my life ruined. Yeah. I also broke a mirror at the same time and uh, stepped on a black cat and fell down a, a set of ladders. So, yeah, it's all going bad for me. Fair enough. And how's the feeding of the uh, Mogwai doing? Well, there's about 700 of them now, so... It's going well in one respect. You're getting them fed by 11.59 though, yeah? As yeah, long yeah, as that's yeah. being done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can, regular showers as well, so that there's plenty of them knocking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, regular. Yeah, you've got to keep them clean. Well, precisely. Do you know what else is clean? What's clean? Some video games. <laughs> that was tenuous. Oh, oh, actually a little bit painful. Yeah we'll discuss next week actually some of the more goings on um more stories that come out this time around an indie developer wait for the dust to settle uh, because at the time of recording it's all just very new we'll wait for the dust to settle and probably discuss this next week um but for now um let's concentrate on what we've actually been playing so what have you been cracking on with Stu? Well, as it's the game on everyone's lips, I downloaded The Ascent, which you talked about last week. And I know, yeah, you'd had a preview copy and I just jumped in on the Game Pass version. So just sort of headliney stuff, really, because we talked about it in detail last week. But yeah, I guess loads and loads of people have played this by now. And it, on the PC, it's very attractive. It's a very good looking game. Um, it supports ultra wide. So it's got, you know, this great big wide view probably makes navigation a little bit easier because you can see a little bit further ahead of yourself uh it's this is isometric view and it's um you know twin stick shooter like you talked about and uh all of that caper and yeah it's it works very well uh i i know that there's some technical issues with some of the um dlss and some of the ray tracing and stuff but i don't think i've fallen foul of any of that and it's a bit more configurable on pc yeah, but, I think it's only on the Xbox and Game Pass versions. I didn't notice that on Steam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, technically it's been sound. And, uh, yeah, gameplay-wise, I've, I've, to be honest, I'm not really caught with it. It's, it's not really intrigued me. Um, I think partly because it reminds me of quite old-fashioned stuff. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of running around, a lot of traversal, which is fine because it's very attractive, but yeah the content for me is is a little bit kind of move here shoot this uh but not in a kind of oh continually shoot this so that you you're kind of you know you're being engaged and uh your dopamine's being pushed all the time but uh i've not given it a real much of a shake so far so i will give it more time see what i really think yeah, I, I, I've noticed I'm probably a bit of an... I, I don't know if I am an outlier on the opinion on this one because it really does seem to be people either do absolutely adore this game or they're just like, ugh, don't like it at all. Um, it doesn't seem to be sort of like any sort of like scale of opinion. It's like one or the other. Um, I, I'm not going to use the it's an M word um, because that's a cliche, but it, it, yeah. It's um, 
it's very much like eating pilchards. Some people love pilchards, other people despise them. We'll do that. So um, is mog is M word mogwai? <laughs> no, it's yeah. yeast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just for people who might not get that, yeah, but no. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, um, the sense not multiplying everywhere, but yeah, it's it's weird. I I just something about it's really grabbed me and i absolutely adore it well yeah i was going to ask you what it was in particular that made it stand out from other similar stuff is it because it's a bit like diablo or is it because it reminds you of smash tv or you know what is it that's grabbing your attention honestly i don't know what i think i do like about it is i suppose this is maybe from an adhd point of view the action areas of it are very condensed so what i noticed was i'd get a lot of action and then the game would kind of hit a lull which allowed me to recover and rethink and none of the bits you had to do between the actiony bits were overly complex you had to try and remember loads or, or anything like that so i think for me the flow of the game where it went high action then a bit of a slow movement to an area part and then more high action. And it kept doing that. I think it just helped something within me um, and the way sort of like my brain processes things. And yeah, it's unlike, as much as I adore Hades, Hades is just go, 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 go all the time. Um, and I felt exhausted after I completed a run. Whereas with this, I didn't. I felt a nice calm presence all the way through. Yeah, no, I can see that. I think it's one of those, it's a bit odd because when you go in with it, certain expectations for that kind of genre, you know, especially as that kind of genre, particularly like Diablo, it is almost go, 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 go the whole time. I, I always think of Diablo as a very modern version of Gauntlet, basically, yeah. you know, and um, this is almost like that. And I bet you in co-op, which I've not had a chance to do, and you and I haven't had a chance to do, I bet you it feels different again. And it might feel even more gauntlety, which I think would be in its favour. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, a bit of downtime can't be a bad thing in certain games. And if that's what you're after, I think it's probably going to do that well. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, just the one thing, I think it's too action heavy to be like a CRPG, but it's not actually enough to be like a like a twin stick shooter i actually think if the, they had made two separate games of this as well something that's really slow paced and purely based on the rpg so almost like a disco elysium style setting and and like gameplay mechanic in that world or they've done a full-on twin stick style looter shooter type thing in that same style you'd have had two absolutely outstanding games catering to two different types of um of player so for them to merge it and still, for me, get something out of it, I think it's really, really good. They found their audience and those that love it do love it. And I think as long as they don't go, oh, some people don't like it, so let's try and cater for everyone, I'm happy for them to continue with what they're doing. But I'd also like to see them maybe do or someone to take that whole aesthetic and split it at the same time, but just not with this. I, I, I really like it. And I say, cater for those that do. You haven't got to sell it to everyone. That's the only thing I would say. Yes, yes. No, I understand that. I, and I agree. And I think that people have mentioned it reminds them of uh, Alien Breed a little bit. Mm. And yeah, I think of that era, you know, 92, 93. I think you're talking about stuff last week that was similar, um, that we're getting this kind of almost a wave now of games that go, I'm going to do stuff like in the early days of, the 16-bit home computers and mash up some genres 
but in not in a kind of oh we're nicking the NES aesthetic and it's all side scrolling, but much more complex than that. And by you know single A and double A releasing type of studios as well. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I appreciate it being a bit of an oddball. Uh, um, whether it's for me or not, I think it's a good game. You know, it's a solid solid game. So kudos for that. Yeah. So the complete opposite of that sort of game where you're shooting things and you're you're blasted away and there's stories i'm playing dice legacy instead which is essentially a board game in digital form and right to try to explain dice legacy it's a really weird one it's a board game roguelike that's also a survival game with and city builder all in one okay um so are you kind of on this like almost like this halo ring so you kind of like the the board you start off at like sea level sea level you enter the land and you've got to build and things like that and then as you go you progress further and it's almost like it's in this like inside of this ring um it's it's, it's really weird but your dice that you roll in this game it's all very board game based you, you roll a dice and they kind of represent you, like your people or your subjects and then you have to place them in certain positions to gather materials or to build things or to hunt or to get into battles and, and that kind of thing. And then sort of like you roll them, you place them, you get more dice, you roll those dice, you place them, you gain more. And it's add, rinse and repeat. But what this game also has, it also has seasonal weather changes. So you've got to do your city building to make sure you've got enough homes for your people, um, as well as crafting the resources for food and equipment and things like that, whilst then surviving harsh winters and things like that. And then you come across different inhabitants of of the world that you're in and your dice rolls have an effect on how you interact with those and things like that. It's, I mean, the way I can, the only way I can really describe it is if you take a very basic city builder, but I'm going to say Frostpunk, let's say Frostpunk, actually, you take Frostpunk, but you mix it with Dungeons and Dragons uh, with the mechanics of Yahtzee. Yeah, it looks very much like, and sounds like from what you said, uh, just a board game, you know, which is really good. Yeah. Um, And... It's funny because like le- legacy in board gaming normally uh, has started to mean that you can only play through once, or you can only play through a certain scenario once. Yeah. Uh, so is that come sort of come across to this game? Is it similar? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think it's a roguelike uh, because you play through once and that's your journey. And then if you start again, it's completely fresh and you go through a completely different journey, which is why I mentioned probably like the Dungeons and Dragons side of it. And your dice rolls have an effect on what that story is. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's in, um, I'm I'm playing it. Um, I think, yeah, it's a full release now. Or it is going to be a full release on in September. And honestly, the only thing I can really say about it that's a negative is it's a board game ass board game game yeah in terms of i started playing it and it blew my mind i couldn't get my head around it um the onboarding of it the tutorials made little it it, it assumed that i was experienced in board games and dice games which i'm not at the level this wants to be 
So it's not one where if you're coming into it completely new, you're going to just get on with it. You've really got to want to play this game and penetrate it to then get the best out of it. But once you do, it's a very, very, very satisfying game. Um, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, and it's something I'll definitely go back to at some point. Nice. Yeah, very good. Um, so what else from you? Well, I've uh, saved the best till last out of two. But um, I did have a third, but I'm going to talk about it next week. So I have mostly been playing and have completed Lone Echo on VR from the Oculus Store, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. So basically, it's a a fully VR experience. It's released on Oculus only, released on Rift only as well. You can't play it on the Quest, um, not natively on the Quest. I'm sure you can hook up to a PC and play it. But uh, yeah, and it's one of the sort of earliest Oculus releases. It's like four years old and I hadn't got it till now because I'm cheap and it's never dropped in price as things tend not to on the Oculus store. Uh, but the sequel is finally coming out this summer so they've really they've dropped the price to 7.99 so if there's anyone out there listening if you've got pc vr and you don't have <laughs> this game buy it immediately because it's dirt cheap and it's fabulous so yeah basically what happens is you're a you're a uh, an android on a discovery ship that's orbiting saturn with one lone captain human captain and you're uh, the captain's assistant uh, in all of the tasks. You're basically the shipmate and the rest of the crew combined. And <clears throat> it's all done in full zero G. Uh, so what you do is you you use the, the the touch controllers, the you know the rift controllers, to move around by reaching out and grabbing bulkheads and pulling yourself along. Uh, and you also have little thrusters, but they're more for manoeuvring rather than like full traversal because they, they're not very powerful. And yeah, so you kind of go around and you're doing manual tasks and typical to you know all video games, something catastrophic goes wrong and then you have to do emergency things to help repair it and stop everything going even more catastrophized. So yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. It's really, it's amazingly immersive. It sort of looks like it's a little bit like Elite Dangerous, uh, crossed with, uh, I would say, like Dead Space, and the EVA stuff. You know, when you're not on any kind of a a vehicle, is very reminiscent of Dead Space Two, uh, but obviously much more sophisticated in terms of the physics and the movement, and. It has that brilliant thing of a bit like Red Matter, which I talked about, God, a long time ago now. Mm. Uh, in VR, it, it has those that puzzle element, and you do everything manually, and all of that would be terrible and boring if you were doing it on a pad. But as as you're doing it on the touch controllers, you know, actually twisting, turning, pushing, pulling, adjusting, uh, fine tuning, slotting, decoupling, all that sort of stuff in a manual way in a virtual world is is absolutely fascinating and it's a way of showing that you don't necessarily need to have you know weapons you don't have to have combat there's no combat in the game at all it's it's fully you know about disaster management and recovery and, and fixing and preparing which all as again if you were doing it on a pad on a regular system it would be dull as ditch, dishwater but yeah 
doing it in in real life in in VR kind of thing is is fabulous and yeah it's it's just a great game it's incredibly immersive and I can't I can't wait for the sequel now yeah no it sounds really good it's um I don't know whether it's something I again whether I'm ever going to get to sort of get an idea of because I, I'm not really a VR person but um yeah, it sounds intriguing. And while if I do get a VR unit again, I'd be interested in trying to try. So can you not get this on Steam or anything like that? No, no, it's only available through the Oculus Store and I think only for Oculus devices, unless you, why, unless there's a way that you can... Why is that? Uh, because it's an Oculus Studios production. It's, it's, right, okay. Yeah, it's made by Ready at Dawn as as the developers. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, um, but it's it's exclusive to oculus you know so you can't get it anywhere else that's the facebook one isn't it sadly yes so if you were going to go into it now you'd be getting into their ecosystem now i bought the rift before the the whole you have to have a facebook account fiasco um Mm. and i they give you the option to uh switch over to it before their kind of deadline which is set for next year and then after that point next year you won't be able to access uh, you know any of this anymore unless you sign up for facebook which i'm not going to do um i might do a fake account but it's unlikely because i just don't want to do the engagement with them um Mm. so uh, that's why i don't most of the stuff i buy that i play on my rift i buy through steam so always be available and if I'm going to buy something like Lone Echo, it has to be at a reasonable price or, you know, I'm happy yeah. to pay for it and realise that in a year's time, I'm not going to be able to play it again. So it's a it's a full, really weird situation. But yeah, there we are. Yeah, VR, that's where it messes with me when they've got their own stores and I, I'd rather have it all central and then just go right now on a plug, which is where what you can do with Steam, isn't it? With VR games in Steam, is I'll play it in VR, plug in the VR headset and off you go. Yep, and funnily enough, well, not funnily enough, but uh, Facebook are the only ones doing that. They're the only ones with their own store. So like any any other games either completely, you know, open for all devices or most devices. You know, it has a list of compatibility, but it's on Steam. And it's as long as you've got the reg, the, the required hardware, you're fine. But Oculus is the only one where it has its own dedicated store. And yeah, I mean, luckily, very very few of the games are. Uh, you know exclusive to it hardly yeah. any of them but just the odd one that's a classic unfortunately <laughs> it seems a weird business model because they're not a console they're not as wide reaching as a console or a phone or anything like that you'd think surely they're doing themselves out of quite a lot of well they're leaving a lot of money on the table yes um, yeah. by not having it on general pc release as well um, just seems odd yeah I, I think with the oculus and facebook stuff is They've got so much money and clout that they're quite happy to stay kind of exclusive, even if they don't make much of a return on it. And it's probably allowing them to launder money and tax evade or something. Oh, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a write off. We're losing money here. (laughs) Just in case they're listening in. Brad's views and mine are not necessarily aligned. No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's, uh, it is a dodge. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, sorry, Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a do- it's a dodgy practice that nobody likes. I think they've they've kind of created it as a as a way in, and they're going all in with like Quest to make to make it yeah. kind of lower powered, 
um, and push you towards their store because it's like, oh, well, it's all, you know, it's all self-contained. So why would you need something else kind of thing, which is a, a dodgy practice at the best of times. But what we've got to hope for is that more developers, uh, that more hardware developers sort of start coming forward because there's hardly any at the moment. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm totally with that for sure. Right. Moving on, because otherwise this could go into a long discussion. And talking of troll-like goblin creatures like Mark Zuckerberg, I've been playing Orcs Must Die 3. Ah. Which, are you aware of Orcs Must Die as a series? I am, yeah. All right. Uh, Really good tower defence game, which I believe when it came out, it was one of the first ones to really go for that third-person perspective um, over-the-shoulder direct involvement as well as setting up all your tower defence trappings. And I enjoyed it. It was an acquired taste, I think, the first one. And the second one improved on it a little bit. And, yeah, it's obviously done well enough because they've made a third. Um, and it's pretty much the same sort of thing. Um, I didn't realise the stories mattered all that much, but apparently this one's set, like, many years after the, set, the, the events of the second. I forgot what the events of the second was uh, because I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's the same here. But what it's got, it's still got really good mechanics. The you set all your traps, and then you sort of like you you sort of like pick out, ideally pick off all the ones that do get through and engage them directly, and that's that's really fun. What it seems to have learned from, I I think, is it's learned a little bit from games like um, Fortnite, Save the World, and Drake Hollow, and and games like that, which are sort of like uh, tower. They're not tower defense. They're like base defense, I suppose. And this is this is this has become more like that to a degree. But what it's what it's done as a game is it's learned all the mistakes of the first two. Um, like the first, I say the first one was was fun but completely flawed. The second, and I think it was a free to play game. The second one, you know, improved on bits but still had quite a bit wrong. This seems to have gone almost from the ground up let's get this right um so i say it's got a new story it's got scenario modes on it which is really good and the weapons have really good variety like they're they're over the top there's like lightning there's huge explosions everything's like got this massive scale to it like one of the best things i used to like in these was these like traps that used to send the uh like the orcs flying and stuff like that into other things it's got all that in it yeah and yeah i just i it feels for every round there is you're on it you're on it on it on it on it on it um and i like that again we spoke about it with the ascent earlier you're on it and then there's a moment of calm for you just to take stock get everything sorted and go again the the, the game flow on it is brilliant um, again, we're not talking about a game that's going to be sort of like on everyone's most remembered list. It's not going to be getting any awards or anything like that. But for pure an hour's long fun once a week or something like that, yeah, absolutely nails it. Really, really enjoyable. Yeah, um, looking at it, it it's strange. It, it brings, it looks like perfectly fine game. You know, it looks like it plays well. Hmm. It, it's one of those things where, you're like, when you're talking again about your personal tastes and preferences it's really funny how there's a lot of that kind of warcraft sort of warhammer style game well not game play but kind of you know appearance the aesthetic and all that different you know being in a different world and people really love it and i just kind of i i don't 
it doesn't engage me at all. I just look at it and get immediately bored. Mm. It's kind of like the mirror opposite of of the Zelda world where everything is new and fascinating and there's these really clever designs and you genuinely feel like you're taken away. Whereas, you know, anything Warcraft and Warhammer and that sort of, you know, that sort of thing just feels to me like, oh yeah, it's the same stuff that they've been doing as a, since the early 70s as a kind of more populist answer to Tolkien. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's not a fair criticism at all. It's just, you know, my gut it's reaction. It's just an aesthetic thing yeah. that you're not, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, to be fair, it's, uh, as I said, if Fortnite saved the world, still carried on, and took the game mechanics from Alts Must Die and done a completely different feel. I think it would be like if this was from Fortnite or had the Fortnite branding, I think it would do Game Busters. Be the same game, just different aesthetic, and it would do Game Busters. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. On the whole, a lot of things that come from that Tolkien world setting, um, so like the MMOs of Warcraft or Dragon Quest and things like that that go down that route of fantasy, Sky, like the Elder Scrolls games and and those. I struggle with to sort of really get into, but when you put it in a modern day, not a modern day, but a more tangible setting that I can relate to, that I, I pick up on it. Um, but I think what you get with Orcs Must Die is I don't think the Orcs matter. That, that's the thing. I don't think they matter. You could replace them with anything else and it'd still be the same game. Uh, you're not losing anything. Um, but, I, you know, it, that's obviously the aesthetic they went for. Um, I just think this is a game purely about the mechanics. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe someone should mod it with Disney characters or something. I don't know. That could be fun. Yeah. Well, no, Spearing I mean... McDonald's ducked you know, all over the place. <laughs> I think Disney should do that more because, uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts was, is a great aesthetic mashup i think it yeah it works beautifully like that i don't like the games much <laughs> apart from birth by sleep on the psp which i really enjoyed um but yeah oh, i love that one yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i thought that was I completed the best that one oh yep i yeah i actually completed it i've, I've tried with the other ones oh so many times yeah. just gave up but that one was really good yeah but yeah no i mean i just think that you know, it, once you start bringing in the different aesthetics and you put a lot of time into it, you start designing the gameplay more around it. And it's like you said, you know, it's kind of, you've got loads like that. You've got loads like um, zombies, zombie tower defense. It's just like, it's it's a set of mechanics with a zombie skin over the top. And, yeah. you know, uh, like, ironically, Plants vs. Zombies is one of the first ones of that, but it doesn't it actually carved a niche because it was an unusual aesthetic um yeah and i kind of like i get even if the game is great i kind of get put off if it's a bit of a a, a boring repeated sort of bland texture in front of me yeah i mean this, this game has character I, i'm not going to deny that um considering it is a, a well-worn trope of like goblins and fantasy worlds and stuff like that it, it, it does have character. I, I, I will give it that. Um, and we talk about maybe breeding in Disney. I mean, there's a good chance it probably is a Disney property, this. They own everything else. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, again, it's not, it's not groundbreaking. It's not exceptional. It is just a good fun time. And I said, it's the sort of game, I used to do this with Alt Must Die 2, I want to say I did it with, where I'd play for an hour once a week. 
Um, and yeah, this is more of that. Um, and yeah. say it just improves in the areas that two let itself down on. Yeah, yeah, fair play. So I've got two more that I want to talk about. One I'm going to just go over quickly because okay, I should have probably done this one last week. But I have been playing another game called uh, Skydrift Infinity, which unbeknownst to me, I believe there was a game called Skydrift that came out a little while ago, which is all to do with like aircraft racing. Uh, but this oh. is a follow-up, I believe. Don't hold me to that. It's just what I, I checked out when I was just uh, taking some notes. And what it is, it's a very arcade-feeding, flying racing game. Um uh, and it's, I suppose it's almost like um, if you took Hydro Thunder, took away the sea and put it in the sky, but it's kind of that effect to it. And it's really good. Races are super tense um, and challenging and you always feel like you're on the edge of your seat. The controls do take a little bit of getting used to. I, I can't say what it is exactly, but when you've been playing games such as like Flight Simulator or Elite Dangerous or even Everspace and, and things like that, the controls go into a more arcadey flying feel, take a lot of getting used to. And after a little while of the races, I found it lacked variety. And I felt I'd done all it had to offer within a few hours. I might try some multiplayer with, with Lucas and see if that does anything to it. Um, but the single player felt like, you know, you, you race, you collect power-ups, you shoot um, to try and take them down, you try and win the race, you move on, and there's various little versions of that. But... There's one thing about it, and I don't know if this is the legacy that it wants to leave. Early on, and especially during the tutorial, it's almost teasing you with a Crimson Skies-esque feel to it. Ah, okay. And it just makes me want a new Crimson Skies game, a modern Crimson Crimson Skies. Yeah. And it's not trying to do that because obviously Crimson Skies is mission-based type stuff. You know, there is some racy aspects in there. But it's it's more of a combat game, whereas this is combat in a racing game. But there's something, especially the opening level and the tutorial level is very Crimson Skies. And oh, when it's not that, I think then you're going, it's all right, but it's not Crimson Skies. And you teased me with Crimson Skies. And I want Crimson Skies, <laughs> and I don't think that's what they want to come to come from it. Um, and again, it's a very, very good game, but again, it's not one I think you should be rushing out to get. It's, it, I, I would suggest this is one if you get it in a sale, you'll get plenty from it. Full price. I don't. Let me just have a quick check my notes just to see what the actual price is of it, um, because it might be worth it at the cost. So I mean, it's only eight eight quid. Um, so maybe I am being a bit harsh yeah, on well. that. I mean, but it is it is fun. It's a tough thing. It's fun. It's just not doing enough for what I wanted. And maybe that is reflected in the price. And you know, it is a, an indie studio. I, I, it's not great, but it's not bad either. It's just middle of the road. And whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I suppose is up to you. Yeah. Um, it's you know. It's not, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I enjoyed the first few hours with the game, but now I'm done with it. I'm done with it, which is a shame. Yeah, no fair play. I mean, the way you talked about it made it sound like, oh, that, I can't remember what it's called. It was a, a very early PS1 game that was, um, air, it was like aircraft racing, but I can't remember what it was called now. 
no I can't I'm letting myself off the hook because it's like nearly 30 years ago yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah no um, it's something that's not been done that often so yeah it's a shame that it's not brilliant but maybe if it does well enough they'll uh, they'll do a sequel that, that pushes things a bit further yeah as I say for eight quid I mean I was going to say wait for I mean I, I I completely forgot to check the price um, before and I was going to say wait it's the sort of game I say wait for it to drop below a tenner and then you'll probably get from it so eight quid yeah you'll, you'll get something from it um, you'll get eight quid's worth of value out of it yeah and it's two of a phrase that's coming up very shortly on the next thing I've been playing um, it's two of those so it's worth it for two of them fair enough just keep that in mind. Okay. And the final game I've been playing technically is not a game at all. Ooh. It's something called The Ramp, which is a skateboarding title. And there's no objectives in the game. You basically you've got a skateboard and you skate in like there's a ramp, obviously, otherwise it'd be a weird title to call it if there wasn't a skateboard <laughs> ramp. Yep. Um, there's a swimming pool, there's a like a mini skate park, all bowl-type based stuff, so you get flow going. Um, essentially, essentially, this is an executive desk toy in digital form. Yeah. That you stick it on for 20 minutes during a break or if you you know you just got a little bit of time to spare and you just want to unwind for a bit you skate around you turn it off and it's interesting we're seeing a few games like this now that are removing the quote unquote game element from them so there's a one out called townscaper which is a city builder where it's more just artistic freedom you choose where you want buildings they build up they create these lovely islands and stuff like that in the middle of the sea and it just builds and builds and builds and there's no game element to it you can't fail you just have fun with it and this is this is pretty much the same it's bare bones um so you go in you get a brief tutorial that tells you how to move how to pump your skateboard and then you how to sort of perform tricks there's not there's not like loads of tricks it's not got a massive library that you need to learn but you sort of like go into this um, first of all this half this half pipe jump up you can twist you can then do a grab um, and then you land and you have to pump again to get up the other side you do more tricks and just go for as long as you want yeah so it's just a really good thing you turn it on you're in within about 10 seconds if that and yeah brilliant and it's just short of four pounds which I think is a really good price point because it's a much better experience than some of those like free browser type things you get. Yeah. Uh, but it's not something you'd be happy to pay a lot for. And this is the phrase that I was mentioning with possibly Skydrift. At four quid, it's a coffee game. Yes. Yeah. You go in four quid, which is what you'd pay for, you know, a cup of coffee, give or take. I know some people go, well, I'll never pay four quid for coffee. We're talking that ballpark. And you'll, you know, you might only play it a couple of times in the first week or so of having it, or you might just drag it out, you know, a couple of times a week in a stressful day and um, whatever, and it's perfect for it. Pick it up, experience it, put it down, done. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I got, I've been thoroughly addicted to it. I've been doing, like, 20 minutes a day since I got the code for it, and, yeah, it's brilliant. Superb. 
Yeah, two things on that. One, that kind of coffee-priced game is, is great, and more more of them the better. I think it's, it's a great idea. You pay that amount, you're in. You, you uh, might only get half an hour's worth of enjoyment out of it, but if you do, that's great value, and the developers get in paid for you know for their hard work so that's great the other thing was i actually used the ramp as, as an uh, argument on uh, on letterboxd the site for logging movies where somebody yes. made an argument about video games not being art uh all right and i basically went well they are <laughs> and you're wrong <laughs> but here's my argument for why you're wrong and i said um, basically, like here's some here's five from this month. So I'm not even just cherry picking. This is from this month that I would consider art, and I use all stuff that we've talked about. So the ramp, mini motorways, nightbook, omno, and the garden path. And I said, if you if you can engage with any of them and not say that games are art, I think there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I oh, see. Now you've got me thinking. I'd love to see someone make. A version of the of the ramp using that mechanics, but have paint trails coming from your skateboard and just see what you could create yeah. from it, like a blank canvas but with ramp, white ramps and stuff like. Oh yeah, that could be cool. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, and do literal art with a video game. Indeed, sort of like Jet Set uh, Radio. But, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh no no no. We'll be we'll be going for ages yeah. trying to do that but yeah absolutely brilliant week of games for me there even sort of like you know if I was to say sort of like I wonder any of them was a letdown you know it's they're, they're still not there's still positives within all of them and they're not for everyone but again which great variety in games that have just come out are, are coming out you know they're all very different Dice Legacy Alts Must Die 3 Skydrift Infinity and The Ramp for me all very different games and give me different levels of enjoyment. So, yeah, brilliant. Superb. Um, so, we're not going long because we've got about a couple more minutes left before before um, we have to break. But just to touch on a few things, I haven't had my eye surgery because it was cancelled at the 11th hour. Um, it, I was gutted, um, in all fairness. It knocked me for about... a. 48 hours afterwards I was in like not a not a spiral I think my medication helps and the coping mechanics I've got in place now really help but it really did hit me and one thing that I did notice is having people you can reach out to that you can talk to uh, whether that be forums I think I reached straight out to Stu just to say oh I'm gutted this has just happened and then obviously this called we've got just having people to reach out to is really helpful the minute you spot yourself or you can spot those signs that you could start to spiral having an outlet is vital and one thing i do advise anyone is just have an outlet someone who you know or something you can go to and just say this has happened i you know not even asking someone to be aware but if you say oh this has happened and i'm gutted those people will be able to possibly spot if it's affecting you too much and it's worth having that. Yeah, definitely. And surround yourself with the positive thoughts that do come from that. Yes, I agree. And you've had some good news as well. Yeah, so yeah, I got a new job and I started this week and yeah, it's it's going really well so far. I mean, it's always, you always have to be careful about thinking how good something is, especially as like in the last one that was in for, it was only a brief time. 
it felt great at first just because everyone was really nice and the thing was <laughs> the problem there wasn't the fact that people weren't nice it was, it was the uh the work and the the structure of the place but again like this this place I'm at now really nice people and they seem to be much more on the same level with me in terms of where I'm thinking and where I'm coming from so yeah I mean that's pretty important in my job because it's kind of you know it's in IT but it's kind of business focused as well business analytics and partnerships and stuff so yeah it's uh it's going really well so I'm very very chuffed to actually be back in employment <laughs> it was only a really really short break but it, it still you get really nervy about it well I do uh, yeah yeah so. yeah no yeah you yeah because you don't know what the market's like um so yeah no I, I, I was so I was so happy for you when you said that oh, you've actually been offered a job and it's one that allows you to sort of like work in a way that you're comfortable with and stuff like that yeah. um yeah. It's, again it's, it's really it's really good to see yeah, awesome. Cheers. Yes. So here's here's hoping it becomes a, a permanent thing in the long run. That'd be great. Yeah, and you know, after the weekend's done, you can go and have a manic Monday. Quite. A Mogwai Manic Monday. A Mogwai Manic Monday. Uh, but yeah, no, that's it. It's just a short one this well, shortish this week. We need, once we need we need to work out a schedule that fits both myself and obviously Stu working again. Um and then we'll we'll get more get back into things um potentially horrible subject to be discussed next week um but we'll see what comes from that but yeah that's it from me so i'm gonna stum and give stewie's outro cool yeah so everybody hope you're having a good week and as usual you know follow us on all the socials particularly on twitter where we do a lot of publicity and uh, we give loads of feedback so and feel free to ask questions on there and also if you can afford to and you'd like to then you can support us on patreon or a one-off on coffee other than that have a great rest of the week and the week to come we'll catch you soon in the meantime stay safe and stay sane